2: Learn more at marines.com.
3: This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the triple option.
1: Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Alongside Jacob Wilson, I think I've determined before we get to college football talk, the first segment of the show is going to be called Small Talk. Right. where we just we just banter about for a little bit, eases the audience into the day. And uh, since it's my show, I don't really care how they react to it. Uh, but I will say this. This just happened before the show. I got an email. Um, I had to buy some football tickets on SeatGeek a couple weeks ago. And because of that, like I'm, I'm still in the slog of email. Like They now have the unsubscribe from email promotions thing. Except they'll be like, it could take up to 31 days for our computer that apparently is an Apple 2GS <laughs> to, <laughs> to catch up with it. So I still get these random things. And I, um, Jacob, what do, you, what do you know about me and my musical taste? I mean, I know that you are a Kenny Chesney super fan. No, that is the exact opposite of what I am. <laughs> but I just got an email saying like, hey, get your tickets
0: now for Kenny Chesney. And I feel like SeatGeek doesn't know me at all or SeatGeek might be my favorite app in the world and they're using an algorithm to troll you <laughs> that might be that might be um and he's playing at AT&T Stadium I have sadly
1: seen Kenny Chesney perform halftime shows at two different Cowboy Thanksgiving Day games uh in AT&T Stadium and I was I was working so I couldn't leave like it was yeah. it was 15 minutes of my life that I was it's like if the say had, say had ISIS had me in captivity, <laughs> like wanting government secrets, <laughs> like having here like, no shirt, no shoes. All right, here's where the missiles are, here's where the code is. I'm sorry, I can't take it anymore. Like, if you get to no problem. I'm out.
0: <laughs> I can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make any sense, though, because you're from Florida, and Kenny Chesney basically embodies that state because Here's, no, he's a no. country guy who loves being on the beach. Yeah, but and that's
1: all fine. Uh, that's all fine and dandy, but he's an abjectly terrible songwriter. He's an even worse singer, and I just can't stand him. Here's the worst part of it, too. I suspect that of all the, like, like I, I, there's certain groups I just will not. Like, I don't have many. I have a very wide, eclectic musical taste. You know, Garrett and I can talk about old school rap music all day no. long. Uh, I was talking to Jack about emo bands earlier. Like, I can, I can swim in a lot of waters. But, like, I do have, like, solid no-go zones. And Kenny Chesney is one of them. Um, Nickelback is one of them. I don't get it, but it's just because they're so blatantly
0: average. But I went to a Nickelback concert in August, Paul. Well, yeah. <laughs> and guess what? They're still playing their hits that you know from the early 2000s. Saving Me, Photograph, Far Away. They're, they're not playing any of their new stuff. I mean, you know what? That
1: I might take them off the list for... The decency not to go, <laughs> hey guys, we have some new stuff <laughs> they understand their precious like light hold on their audience that at any moment one of you can become one of me real fast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just gonna like keep playing the hits, so I'll take them off the list. um Pitbull used to be on my list, but I do have some respect for Pitbull because he like he's high energy like you know he does like but like you know i just didn't and then maroon 5 like and rascal flats are there like i will never understand how you can be a country music fan and like rascal flats it hits none of those boxes at all none at all but it's somehow like somebody said like oh these guys are country and then a whole bunch of people went okay like they didn't they didn't give them any kind of like you know, resume check. Uh, And with with Maroon 5, honestly, it sounds like he's getting hairs plucked out of his body (laughs) one by one when he's singing. And at least with that one, I know that Adam Levine is a gigantic super douche. Like, everyone knows that. And I think, like, that way I feel good about it. But with Kenny Chesney, I suspect he's probably a really nice guy. (laughs) Everybody seems to like him. But me, which makes me dislike him more because, like, if we ever meet, I'm the a hole,
0: right? Yeah, I, I, think, I think you already are right now, Paul. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> so I'm like, I mean, that's a long point to say that, but I just suspect that, you know. Um, and we just lost Jimmy Buffett, who's one of my favorites, tragically, you know, that uh, he's not with us anymore. And I had to watch him sing Son of a Son of a Sailor at the CMAs with Mac McAnally and. Just didn't sit well with me. (laughs) And I think part of that, I will admit, a little bit is jealousy. He's friends with Jimmy Buffett. I'm not. (laughs) So, you know. But there just are lines I don't cross. And I'm also mad at Kenny Chesney because I think, and he's the best one of these, but he, because he made so much money, begat a whole wing of country music that is just worse by the person because they're all trying to be Kenny Chesney instead of trying to just be their own thing. I think so. that's a lot across a lot of genres, though, now at this point. I mean, yeah. Makes but. me
0: so proud of 23-year-old of Jacob because when uh, about a decade ago when I was a producer with you guys at uh, ESPN Central Texas, uh, I played a Kenny Chesney song as a rejoin uh, from a commercial break, and the look on your face—you—you <laughs> you, you just like look, like looked at me like, like. And, was this before you knew? It was before I knew, but I got like this. As soon as I realized, like it's because Paul hates Kenny Chesney, I got. I I I got this warm rush. Like you, you learn what somebody yeah. hates, and you just—I never really. Um, Went back to that well enough. Yeah, no. That could change, but
1: especially plenty, after today. Plenty plenty of people did. <laughs> plenty of people do. You know, believe me, I, I've been in plenty of, a, of an exercise class and then, you know, hear Maroon 5, you know. And here's my thing about Maroon 5. Adam Levine is a handsome person, right? It, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, I guess. But most women like him. If Adam Levine looked like me, people would be like, shut the F up, man. <laughs> Stop... <laughs> Stop and not whining. Even, not even he
0: can get away with the way he DMs women, too. Yeah, exactly. So, that's it. Yeah. So again, he's already at that point. Everybody has a threshold.
1: That's all I'm saying. All right, enough small talk. The CFP, uh, there was a change last night, mm-hmm. Jacob, in that uh, Georgia is now number one, Ohio State's number two, Michigan number three, Florida State number four, uh, Washington, Oregon at five and six. Seven, like There's some other changes in the – like, for some reason, Missouri can get beat by 30 – eight points or whatever they lost by a couple weeks ago and jump ahead of Louisville because they had a bad game against Virginia. But all that probably is not going to matter in the grand scheme of things when it comes down to the four teams because neither of those teams are probably going to be in it. But especially not Missouri, Mm -hmm. you know, they get two losses. But uh, there are, like – it is interesting to see that, like, Georgia has – in the last couple weeks because they're putting on those big stamp wins, right? Like, okay, look, they drilled Missouri. Uh, You know, uh, they drill – I mean, they're just drilling everybody now. They look like Georgia again, and they're number one. And Ohio State hasn't done anything to drop other than, you know, they haven't played anybody since the Penn – was it – I guess it would have been the Penn State game. Correct. So that's all that they've done. You know, Michigan stays where they've been because they've got one quality win. And now I do think that everybody's kind of – starting to call into, like, how good is Penn State really? Mm -hmm. My question, like, and here he will be my question about Penn State. If Penn State was in the new Big Ten right now with Oregon and Washington, and I'll throw USC in there, even though, like, you know, we know they're a disaster on defense, but UCLA is about to fire Chip Kelly. So, but, like, if those three teams were in – Penn State would probably be behind at least even with USC. Yeah. I mean, I, they're, they're, you got to think there's no division. So could they hang or could Drew Aller play against Iowa's defense? Like, realistically. Well, I mean, he did. He well, I guess, yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, that was their one game. That was the game I thought, like, oh, their offense might be good okay. because they scored 31 points on Iowa's defense. And it was
0: just kind of like, well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I think James Franklin, he's going to have to. Uh, get it together even though the, the uh, expansion's coming because he's been just in this unfortunate jail of not being able to get past Ohio, Ohio State and then now Michigan. And with the, the new teams coming in, we don't know how Penn State is going to be against those Pac-12 schools. And so James Franklin, I think he might need to coach extra hard for his job because there's already complaints about him not being able to get past well, Ohio State, Michigan, and if he can't get past the new teams coming in as well, his his haters out there might have reason to, you know, scream even louder for yeah. his head. I
1: wonder if Manny Diaz gets a head coaching job in this cycle. I don't know. Like, he's done a really great job there, and that's what drives Penn State. But he just fired Mike Juricich, you know, and so he's in the bring in a new offensive coordinator phase, and – the, the Big Ten is going to be interesting to watch down the line here because Ohio State's done it. Michigan, Michigan's got such talented players, and they, like they could change their offense and be mm. what kind of, Like they could probably be a lot of different things. I don't think they have the, I don't think they have the playmakers at wide receiver that say Ohio State does. You know, like that's. But they're still really good all, yeah. all across the board at, at pretty much every position. So they're going to have seventeen draft picks in this class or something ridiculous like that. They're yeah. they're going to be really really good. So. All that's going for them, but you know everybody else is going to have to adjust what they're doing, right? To to account for the offenses that are coming in. Purdue was wide open under Joe Tiller. They've recommitted to that under Ryan Walters and bringing in Graham Harrell. Um, Wisconsin's going that way. Um, you know, uh, Nebraska. I think will have an interesting offense going forward. It's not going to be like full spread. Uh, because of the weather that they have to deal with in November, there that you know, mm-hmm. the, um, if you go full spread, and I think that's going to be interesting to see what Phil Longo does at Wisconsin. Like the the problem with the full like we're just going to go real fast all the time offense is that when the weather's bad, like God is telling you like well you're not going to go fast today. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm sorry, I know that that's your plan, but I'm not letting you like. It's not even the other team, it's me. <laughs> I've decided it's going to rain or snow or be super windy and you can't really do what you want to do. So, but teams like Penn State, like they're right there on the cusp of being a really elite team and that's where James Franklin is, but he is a couple of coaching decisions away from that. You know, he is probably and this is maybe a topic you and I could discuss the The other day is when are like who's going to be the guys who go from being really good head coaches like James Franklin because he is a really good head coach to being a great head coach? Because right now, who are the Ryan Day is a really good head coach. He's not done anything great yet. I think if you look around, like who are the great head coaches in college football right now? It's Saban and Kirby Mm -hmm. Smart. I think Dabo's still in that category, although you know,
0: I mean, you you mentioned. Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and Dabo uh, taking the programs that they are currently at and making them their own. James Franklin is at Penn State, but it is still pretty much still the legacy of Joe Paterno.
1: Yeah, it is. That's true. Like he's got to make it. He's got to make it. Like this is what we're going to do. And if they continue on the path they're going on, he's in a weird spot because you've got no reason to fire a guy who's going to go ten and two. Or nine and three every year. Yeah, like Georgia you, did it. Georgia what? did it to Mark Richt. Yeah, Georgia did it to Mark Richt. And, but Georgia did it to Mark Richt because Kirby Smart was it was in existence. If Kirby Smart wasn't around, if Alabama wasn't doing what they're doing, they probably would have like maybe tread water with Mark Richt along because. Kirby Smart was perfect. Like, he's the best young assistant in the country. He's the best recruiter on Nick Saban's staff. Oh, and where did he go to school and play football? Here. You know, like, so that's that's
0: where they are. But, like. Yeah, too many chips had to fall into place.
1: Yeah, so, like, Penn State. So, for Penn State, who's that guy that is going to be? Because when you make that move, and Georgia made it at the right time, because Kirby Smart was perfect. So, you don't. Because otherwise, you're doing what Nebraska did to Frank Solich is, well, Frank Solich isn't Tom Osborne, but he wasn't far off. He just, they weren't the same, and football was kind of changing a little bit, but they fired Frank Solich after nine wins, and they've been in the void ever since. Um, So you got to be, you know, you got to be careful when you say like, oh, well, nine wins isn't good enough. I, I I, I give you the University of Houston, who says they fire coaches eight and four when they, when they let go of Major Applewhite and brought in Dana Holgerson. Well, now they're in a new conference, and they have to amend that, at least for the time being. But Dana Holgerson still might not make it out of it in year one in the league, given how the first half of last year went, even though they closed well um, at Houston. You know, so if you're going to fire a nine and three and ten and two guy, like you better have
0: a perfect fit.
1: Okay, um, like Dabo Sweeney. That's what Tommy Bowden was. I mean, he was a 9-3, and three, but they had kind of, like, just gotten – they gotten tired of him essentially losing to his dad all the time. Like, that's what they had gotten tired of, and they needed somebody who could take the program in a new direction, and they felt they had it on the staff in Dabo. And that worked out beautifully. So, you know, who is, like you – better, you better have somebody that you're like, this is the guy who can make us 12-0 and, mm-hmm. and in the conference title game – and, you know, James Franklin is, like, James Franklin, if he got fired at Penn State, would be at 50 other different schools by lunch the next day because they're like, yeah, we'll take the 10-2 and 2 guy. He can, we, he can figure out being 10-2 and 2 here. Yeah. You know, like, we'll trade our guy right now for the 10-2 and 2 guy, which is why Miami hired Mark Ricks so fast to make your head spin because they thought, well, look, if he can get us back to 8, 9, 10 wins in this league, now he was – he eventually had some health problems and like, you know, plus I think he also went down there and found out like, Oh, the, they're not giving money like they used to yeah, here. <laughs> <different>. <laughs> this is, this is a different challenge, but I mean, he retired because he was having health problems yeah. and, and um, I had a stroke a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact. So yeah, there, there are like, there's those things. So, you know, the guys who are, you're right there on the cusp that, are good coaches, but they haven't done anything really great yet. Lincoln Riley is on that, like, he's a really good coach, but he hasn't done anything great yet. True. You know? like Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. Like, there are those guys, and sometimes it's just a coaching staff decision. It is, okay, I've got all this other stuff here. Who's the guy that can take this deficiency? Ryan Day might have made it. Like, he might have made that by bringing in Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State because now he's got an elite defense and eventually he's going to have an elite, elite offense again. That's never going to be a problem. Now, he's probably going to lose to Michigan for a third year in a row because Michigan is so good. I don't think him losing to Michigan is an indictment on Ohio State right now. It's just how good Michigan is. I don't know if the fans there will understand this. Because I think there's a certain group of Ohio State fans that, as I say it out loud, of losing to Michigan three years in a row shouldn't get the Ohio State coach fired. They're like, I don't. that's Japanese to me. I don't understand what you're saying. Like, you might as well, like, the die-hard, it's gobbledygook.
0: The diehard Ohio State fans want to murder Michigan and anyone who mentions losing to Michigan. And so... Like, would it surprise me if they fired Ryan Day at any point simply because he lost to Michigan three years in a row? Yeah, it would. But I call you stupid. I call you very, very stupid for doing that. Well, because again, like, things should, like, should
1: they have fired Jim Harbaugh because he lost to them the first, what, five years he had the job or whatever it was? I mean, however, like, until two years ago, he hadn't beaten them. Should Michigan have fired him because he couldn't get over the hump? No, because nobody else was getting up. Like, you've got to sometimes, like, Trust that he can the the guy you have in charge can steer the the ship in the right direction. So you know, like again, if you're Ohio State and you want Ryan Day gone, who's regularly a ten and two or an eleven and one coach, like if you want that guy gone, what's Plan B? I I
0: mean I think you're stupid. I really yeah. do.
1: So like, th- but those are the things. Like if you are in that realm of we're 10-2 all the time, but I, I want to get to 12-0. and 0. The good news that's coming for you is the 12-team playoff. Mm-hmm. That's the good news that's coming. The, the coaches that fought it are going to feel really stupid about fighting it because they're going to be like, oh, I get to finish 12th and then play in a playoff game that I might win. And then people are gonna be like, oh hey, wow. Well, I mean, because then you're gonna have a bigger group of fans of like, well, won the first playoff game, but gosh darn it, had to play LSU in that second round. And you know, they had this, you know, so and so player that nobody was gonna
0: beat. Like bummer. I mean, how many teams that, that you do you see every year that come out and maybe start their season six and three? They're not thought of in the in the potential college football playoff, but they peak at the, they, they play their best football at the end of every season. Guess what happens at the end of every season? The playoff. Yeah. And so it, it gives those teams that really got their shit together during the season, a chance yeah. to take that and, you know, actually play for something. Yeah, no, I, I think like there are
1: good things uh, coming around, but like, that's what you have to look at with these coaches who are like the good, but no, they're really good, but not great yet. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and then there's, like, the level below them of, like, the guys who are upcoming, like, the Mike Norvell's and Steve Sarkeesian's of the world that are that are probably about to do big things. Brett Venables, I think, is probably in that Dan category. Lanning. But Chris Kleiman, you know, um, like those guys. Um, so who did you say? Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning. Yeah, Dan Lanning. Uh, Kalen DeBoer. Like, those those guys are in that level of haven't done as much as those guys yeah, before coming. them, but they're they're really new at the gig, mm-hmm. you know. So – um, but yeah. you know, look, Jimbo Fisher just got fired for being a regular eight and four coach because A&M was used to that. Like they can get anybody like basically A&M is telling the world. Anybody can come in here and be eight and four,
0: <laughs> but eight and four isn't good enough to but, stay A&M for a long time. But
1: it's like, cause everybody's proven that anybody can go in and take that job and be eight and four. It's a gigantic school with a ton of resources. Um, you know, you bring kids in and, like, bring them into a stadium. It's 100,000. Like, even for the, you know, the gimme games that they have, 100,000 people are in the stands going insane. So, like, you're going to be able to get top, like, top 15 recruiting classes most years without even, like, oh, I'm losing a couple five stars. Oh, yeah. bummer. Like, I'm still going to be really good and beat
0: eight of the 12 teams I play. But that's not what they're paying for. Yeah. I mean, look, I – I never understood why, going back to Dan Lanning for a second, I never understood why negging was the thing that, that people did when they wanted to flirt or, um, you know, tr- try that as a pickup method. But when Dan Lanning shut down the rumors of him going to Texas A&M, I got a little hot and bothered. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, okay, uh, Garrett, do you want to play another quick round of Do You Believe Him? Let's do it. Urban Meyer denied that he was interested in Texas A&M. Do you believe him? Hell no. I don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. no
0: <laughs> I mean that would be interesting
1: yeah we believe Dan Lanning he was like the way he discussed it and the like it's good news bad news like if you're a fan of Oregon or Florida State because they're in the playoff chase right now they'd be stupid to interview an A&M mm-hmm. like to even think about it because you're about to do what a and wants you to do right now in very early on in your tenure somewhere else so you shouldn't even bother with it like you shouldn't even bother with it um, and it'd it just be about money. Right. Like, that's all it would be about because, you know, um, Florida State and Clemson can complain all they want about the lack of money and resources and all these other things, but those two football programs don't have to worry about that. No. They get all the money that they want. So really what they're complaining about is like, man, we're really going to have to tell the softball team you guys are going to have to ride the bus a lot because we don't have the, the same money. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And that, like, the football teams will want for nothing. If if the bottle water they get is Ozarka and they want to go to smart water, they'll get it. Like it's not gonna hey we're not we're not fans of Ozarka anymore. We'd like uh we'd like to bump up. You know what? What's the what's the uh what's the kind that Diddy drinks? Fiji water? We want that. <laughs> like <laughs> all right, you guys get Fiji, whatever we can say about it. So um but I but yeah, uh so I I I believe those guys when they say they're not because again is you've got what you want at where you are like A&M would just be going, "Well, I know you make 9 million, but how do you feel about 12?" <laughs> you know, and they're like, "Well, you know, but am I going to am I going to really win here cuz nobody else has because they've said we can be 8 and 4 with just about anybody. Yep. Just about anybody can roll in here and be 8 and 4 a guy who's won a national championship a decade ago will come in here and do his worst job <laughs> and still be eight and four. Like, here's that, the thing about Jimbo. The worst coaching he's done outside of his last year at FSU when he had, like, everything but his arm out the door, like, just basically, like, holding up the game plan for everybody mm-hmm. to follow. Like, other than that, his worst coaching in his whole career, he's been at a and pretty much eight and four all the time. So that's a program that their baseline is pretty comfortable to start at. And he got let go. And their plan B is they don't know. (laughs) They have no idea what their plan B is. And and so if you're going to get rid of a really good coach, and Jimbo used to be a great coach, then fell down to really good, and is now still a good coach. Like That's the thing that's kind of lost in this is that He's still good, Yep. but when you pay $11 million, you're looking for great. And so if you're going like to let the really good go, just know that there's not, like, there's not a, a diamond mine below your feet that you're just going to keep getting them out of. It's, it's tough. So that's a long way around about James Franklin. It's like, okay, so James Franklin's not the guy who can win at Penn State. Well, who is? Because basically, Bill O'Brien won there in the short time he was there. He turned it kind of right around from a really terrible scandal. Mm -hmm. And then James Franklin came in after Bill O'Brien went to the NFL and has been consistently good. And in the conversation, he's just not as good as two of the teams in this league, and he's about to be not as good as as probably four. Mm -hmm. Because I think that Oregon and Washington, uh, maybe five, Oregon, Washington, USC will be routinely better than them in that league. You know USC. Here's the deal: you throw USC into a league that they that they get four games against Minnesota, you know Maryland. Rutgers Maryland, like stuff like that. Like they're going to hit a they're going to hit a momentum wave of offense. Sometimes that's going to be like, well, I don't the like just getting get in their way a little bit. So yeah, he's they've got to deal with that. So is the whole Big Ten. Like I, I think. Um, Iowa is going to be the biggest test case for how fast do you because they're already starting to turn on him anyway. But how fast do you turn on the coach that you love because you're like, oh well, it has passed him by. And but again, like if you're Iowa, you're routinely nine and three, mm-hmm. ten and two, sometimes eleven and one, like rolling through, like you really win most of your games. Okay, so at Iowa, Kirk Ferentz is going to you're going to. Give him the, uh, Kirk, you know, nobody at your age should be working this hard. Yeah. You should enjoy your golden years. Why don't you get yourself a nice vacation home in
0: Sanibel Island? And We've got these new teams coming in trips. that are uh, high-powered offenses, uh, a little bit more fun to watch than our brand of football you, here. You
1: don't want to, de- like, Kirk, you don't want to deal with all this. There's a lot of, like, you're old school. Like, do you really want to pay a quarterback $100,000 minimum to just show up here, you don't wanna do that, Kirk. No. You don't wanna do that. So, but if you're Iowa and you're gonna push the legend out the door, you gotta have a plan B. Um, and Texas didn't have a plan B after Mac Brown. They didn't, clearly. They didn't have a plan B. Uh, I mean, he played for the conference title two years before they fired him. Mm-hmm. Like, they could have really ridden it out probably with Mac a little bit longer and just kinda of, like pointed him in certain directions, but they didn't. Um, you know, the, the funniest part about Jimbo Fisher is he was an excellent plan B. Like, Bobby Bowden's getting old. Jimbo's the coach in waiting. Bobby, it's time to retire.
0: Go yeah. to your, No one was talking about who, who Florida State should hire next because everyone well, was I mean, paying he, attention they, knew.
1: They made him the coach in waiting like two years before yeah. it was happening. And then that last year, it was just like, uh, he's not going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean that's unfortunate but you got to have a plan B like again when you push the legend out the door you got to have a plan B and yeah I don't I don't like I don't know who Penn says plan B would be like again and so I mean I, I'm not saying you need to fire James Franklin no, now. but you do need like he does need to look at like what is keeping them down and from losing to them and with the teams that are coming in Again, your goal is to finish 12th. There's going to be years that, he, that, that they do that. But, like, with um, – also, like, even if your goal is to finish – well, sometimes it's not even 12th. Like, I mean, if, if, if five teams in your league are better than you, And like you're going to be jockeying for that last position of the four that they might even give you in the 12 team playoff, because the Big Ten, some years, is going to get four of those teams. Probably. The
0: SEC is going to get four of those teams, and then everybody else will get the other four. But I mean, it's just like four automatic bids, right, for the conference conference champions, and then eight spots. No, it's
1: uh, it's it'll be five plus seven, so it'll be top five. Well,
0: the Pac-12 won't be around anymore, right?
1: Yeah. So it's top. So that's that protects the group of five. Okay. So there's the poor four power conferences, and then the top. So like. This year it would be Tulane right now. Like if it was 12 team playoff right now, Tulane would be in. So you'd get your Tulane in, and then after those five, you get seven you other get spots. Seven more. Yeah. So then, you know, of those seven, more than likely, five of them will be occupied by the big two. And then two of them will be like, oh, hey, uh, ACC and a big 12 team uh, looks had cute. a good, good little year. Come we'll on. throw them in there. <laughs> nice, nice work, Arizona State. Yep. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Here's Michigan. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> hey, uh, congratulations, Duke, on making the 12-team playoff. For your first-round matchup, we'd like to give you Georgia. <laughs> Between the hedges, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the road. How do you feel about that? So, yeah, that's um, – that, the world's changing, And so you gotta, you got to be prepared for it. When we come back, why does Week 12 suck? Every year, like, why does nobody do anything about this? I know it's before Rivalry Week, but, like, instead of, like, you know. I mean, you're Nothing right. game before
0: Rivalry. Can we get a medium game? Like, just a medium just game. Just get one single, singular solitary game that people can get, you know, get bricked up for. Because- yeah,
1: but, like, the whole schedule, like, the whole schedule. Not the whole schedule, but, like, a lion's share of it. And, look, like, here's the thing. The only reason the Pac-12 schedule is so good, like they've got a couple good ones this week, Mm -hmm. it's because they happened into the best year of their league ever. (laughs) But there would have been years where this would have been a bad week in the Pac-12 as well. We'll talk about
2: that when we come back. This is 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown and that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast, just got faster.
3: This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple
1: Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back. Jacob Wilson alongside. Now, um, so week 12 is... Just quite often abjectly terrible when it comes to college football. We've got rivalry week next week. So, you know, this is tomato can week across the – now there's some games that are, you know, really key, you know, to the whole thing. But Bama's playing Chattanooga. They do this every year. Before the Egg Bowl, they are are not going to risk it. And I get the logic behind it. The Iron Bowl. I'm sorry. I'm looking at Ole Miss before the Egg Bowl. They're playing
0: U. L. Monroe. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a hot, it's a hot garbage slate in the yeah. SEC. Other like Georgia and, and a- ten, Tennessee might be an OK matchup, but
1: A A&M's like letting
0: uh, Elijah Robinson get his, his feet
1: wet with Abilene Christian before he has to go coach up against LSU. Uh, you know, uh, which I believe is on the road, right? Yeah, they got to come. They got to come to Death Valley. Yeah, so. Hey, your first SEC game as a head coach is in Death Valley. Let's see if you got the minerals. Georgia and Tennessee could be good for a little while, but I don't think that anybody believes that's going to hold. You know, um, let's see. Um, eh, You know, FSU plays North Alabama. Kansas and Kansas State could have been a good game, but Kansas is down to their third quarterback. Unless Jalen Daniels is just laying in wait, all healed. That's a, me and Jack were talking about that earlier. Because if you look at the line, it's like a one-score game in favor of K-State. So there's something there that's going on. Yeah. Like, and look, maybe like if I'm, if I'm Lance Leipold, I'll just like – I'm not even going to let him warm up like, yeah. outside. Like, I'll put him – Like sneak him into the indoor. You're going to warm up out there. They have an indoor at KU? They, uh, they might be working on one. Yeah, but sneak him in somewhere else he can warm up and then just have him walk out with a jacket over him and then throw it off and run in when when they have the ball the first time.
0: I mean, that would be a baller move, too.
1: And even let the other guy take the first snap and have him, like, like sulking over there with his head on and, like, his shoulder pads and, like, oh, you let him dress because, you know, maybe he could be okay in an emergency and he just comes in and does it. I mean, I'm all about showmanship, but... <laughs> 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 but even if he's – but your point is good. If, if he's going to play, Lance right. Leipold's not going to tell anybody until he does. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> whatever that's worth. Now, Washington-Oregon State is, is probably the best game of the week. That's a good one. You know, you're going to you happen across some. LSU's playing Georgia State. I mean, like, so there are – I just wish, like – I get that you don't want to be the weak – before the rivalry yeah. game. And look, for for my Seminoles, look, they played, you know, Rival 1A and they're playing Rival 1 like between like North Alabama, you know, sandwich in between them. Mm-hmm. But even still like I mean, could you throw like the medium game in there? Like
0: I just mean, for I think the 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 conference to blame for the the same that we both have for this this slate of uh, of games this week is the Big Ten, yeah. because the SEC, ACC, they have games that are some of them are FCS, some of them are uh, just Division Two, whatever lower level you might want to think of. It's a tune up game to get ready for. You know your rivalry week, but the Big Ten—it is all conference against conference, and every single game is terrible.
1: Well, it's like they got everything out of the way, so that everybody's only going to focus next week on the game. I
0: mean, I—I yeah. uh, I would Brett. There's a lot of things I'd rather watch than Illinois Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> I would honestly
1: like rather watch. A documentary about how they make paint and then watch that paint dry at the end of, like through the credits.
0: I'd rather watch a documentary about colon cancer.
1: (laughs) At least you'd learn something. (laughs) At least you'd learn something. I would rather watch a Kesney Chesney music video than that. (laughs) Give me, give me She Thinks My Tractor Sexy on repeat for the same. Amount of time, and your mom as is game. the girl in the video. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then anything that, <laughs> that is that that week. I mean that. Yeah, I mean so, you know where like the Big Ten, Michigan at Maryland, not gonna be an upset. Rutgers at Penn State. Now Rutgers does have a winning record, and you know that that could get interesting. Um, they're six and four. Uh, in, in like a defensive slugfest, but again, Penn State's just better. Michigan State and Indiana, no one wants to watch that game. Purdue and Northwestern, blah. Nebraska Ill- and Wisconsin could actually be a really good game. <laughs> that, yeah, well, that's... I mean, like bowl eligibility on the line. Yeah. Like, you know, each of them needs the win to get the bowl, and they only have one opportunity left. And then Nebraska would have to play Iowa, who just doesn't let people score. Correct. And they're, they're kind of a disaster at quarterback anyway right now. So, yeah. It's that, that was good. And then Wisconsin has Minnesota the next week. So, you know, precious few points there in the, in the big 12 West or big 10 West. And then like, look, the, the SEC has, oh, wait, sorry. That's next week. Um, You know, here's the good game, like Georgia and Tennessee and Florida and Mizzou um, and Kentucky and South Carolina are the only league league matchups. During the week, Kentucky and South Carolina has no bearing on the league race at all. No. unless somehow the winner of that game, like gets an amulet that allows them to destroy all the other teams in the league. <laughs> so <laughs> like, after the game, a witch just comes up out of the center of the field and bestows upon Mark Stoops, the amulet of Supreme power. <laughs> like that's the only way that's going to happen. Um, and Georgia and Tennessee could certainly affect things, but Tennessee, is going to have to use every single voice Hello. in that stadium to rattle a Georgia team that seems like they got all their their demons out
0: of them. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll own up to it. My Ole Miss take saying the Ole Miss was going to upset Georgia, that went over like a lead balloon, and uh, I, I feel stupid.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, and that's like because of the Ole Miss went, like the Mizzou went, look, like, Mizzou 30 21, Mizzou's a good team. Mizzou mm-hmm. like really fought hard and gave Georgia all they wanted, but. After the first quarter of the, of the Ole Miss game, it's like, okay, well, they saw all of, like, everything that Lane was going to throw at him, and then just, you know, systematically. Kirby,
0: Kirby Smart saw Lane Kiffin. Oh, you're wearing a visor? No, 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 no. I wear the visor here. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> <laughs> Look, there's only one coach who legitimately can rock the visor. Spurrier? And, yes. Spurrier was the original visor guy. Everyone else – even like Bob Stoops. Where did Bob Stoops work before he went to Oklahoma? Florida. First Spurrier. So where do you think he got that from?
0: I mean, I thought he looked, looked pretty good in the, uh, yeah, in the visor. Yeah, there's some guys that
1: look good in the visor, but look, there's one guy,
0: you know. Yeah, I mean, he, just, he coined it, but uh, I guess when you coin something and somebody else does it, I guess I, I understand your take on this. Yeah, A visor, here's the thing.
1: For, like, you, you can only wear the visor if you're an emotional coach. Because you want people to see how much you've messed up your hair, like being <laughs> mad at your team or the officials or whatever. Um, that's the deal. That's the visor rule. So like Kirby Smart, he doesn't really like he didn't really take off the visor all that much. No, it's usually on at all times. Um, Lane will take it off. Lane will take it off. Bob would take it off. Yes. Uh, and Spurrier, I mean, he it was because he could throw it. He could like slam it on his leg. I mean, there were all these things. And then he would put it back on, and his hair would be a little bit messed up so that when whoever did him wrong came back to the sideline, they would see, this is what you're doing to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the amount of stress that you've put me under because you did the thing wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Plus, Spurrier always liked to be able to be able to like walk out of a building and go to the golf course right yes. away. <laughs> I mean, he had a golf visor. When he, when he coached, that was just, yeah, exactly. Look. So he would, he could Steve Spurrier, I promise you to this day could walk out of like, you know, like a liver transplant and <laughs> just be like, all right, that's it. I'm going to get nine in. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know who should had a ne- transplant. Don't want to, don't want to push
0: it. You know, who should never wear one ever again, a single day in his life is Dana Holgerson. You have the worst head of hair that I have maybe no, ever seen. You can't be, you have to have hair.
1: You can't be you can't have the receiving hairline. Look, Garrett's a bald man. Yeah, there's no way I could pull off the visor.
0: Yeah, he's not doing it. He wears hats every single day. Yes. Yeah. I mean he has hair on the back of his like he has got the George Costanza, but with flow. Yeah. And Mike Gundy wears the the visor. You know why? Full head of hair. You're protecting your your eyes, but you're not protecting your bald dome. Like
1: come on, Dana. He doesn't because he likes, I think he likes to like let the feathers Flock a little bit there, <laughs> but you know. But Mike Gundy's worn the visor. Like you have to. There's certain rules that you have to mm-hmm. adhere to. That's how boring Week 12 is. Is that we're talking about visors? <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's no like, yeah. You have to have you have to have a good head of hair because you have to show that you're exasperated. Look, Dana Holgerson, visor or no visor. Like even like when he's wearing it. Like we saw him at Big 12 Media Days. Mm. Because of the way his hair is, he looks frustrated anyway. All at all times, yes. He looks Dana Holgerson like. If you want to talk about George Costanza, the if you look annoyed, people
0: think you're busy. Oh, like yeah. that's Dana Holgerson's default look. I mean, maybe George Costanza was wasn't the right Frank Reynolds. I think is a better hair comparison. Yeah, for Dana Holgerson. Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because it's like if Frank Reynolds wore a visor on, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, and
1: like you know, (laughs) just going all over the place. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it at all. Yeah, no, it's yeah, you can't. Yeah, he should go cap. (laughs) He should go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Also, you know what I think Dana could pull off? What's that? The full Bobby Bowden like full visor hat.
0: He can do that. That, like that, that was Bobby Bowden's uh, signature l- the large bucket hat. I mean, I would be all right with him taking on the, the Tom Landry fedora, for, for all I know, because that's, that would be better than the visor. That's all I'm saying.
1: Ooh, fedora? I think he could pull that off. I think, honestly, like, when Dana retires from coaching, he'll wear one every day because he's going <laughs> to be somewhere. <laughs> like, he will wear a fedora, and he will not wear anything but flip-flops. Could TJ will- Flick pull off a top hat? A bowler. Yes. The bowler. <laughs> With this little if suggestive. PJ Fleck, he could, he could do the Tom Landry houndstooth, but he could also do a bowler really easily. I, like, could, I, could, I could see it. Yeah. Or, or um, um, I mean, like, it's not a Kangol hat, because the Kangol hat you wear backwards, but whatever the style of hat. I think
0: you can wear Kangle, it forward or backward, right?
1: Yeah, but, like, it's, you're supposed to, like, wear it backwards, I think, that they want you to see the logo. You know when people see your face. I mean, but.
0: after Sam Sam L Jackson started wearing those, I I think he kind of ruined it for white guys. No. Yeah, no, not that <laughs> one. Hold on. Hat style. Like Look, I'm looking up hat like the styles. Peaky
1: Blinders hat or something. Yeah, the herringbone. Okay. The herringbone. Yeah. The yes, Peaky Blinders hat. Yes, he could totally pull off the Peaky Blinders hat. The herringbone. Yeah. He could do that one. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Top hat might be too formal. I know, but it would look great. It would, be, it
0: would be hilarious. Really getting into the weeds this week, Paul. <laughs> you know. I,
1: look, Dave Aranda is an intentionally bald man. He shaves his head. He's got a good, like, he's got a good shaped he, dome he, so he, he can get away with it. He does
0: good maintenance on his dome. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I would love to see him doing the backwards Kangol. It would work for him. He could pull it off. Yeah. So, I would like, if he was wearing a cap, it would, it would bother me. Yeah, I don't think he could. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure there's times where he has to, like if you're out in a boat or something, but, you know. Yeah. I'm pretty specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, what, what, is, what do bald guys, like, if you're a coach and you're coaching up north, Minnesota, Wisconsin. They, I mean, they do the, you know, the skull cap, yeah. Okay. I mean, but. What other options are there to keep your head warm? I don't know. I don't know. Ne- Never had to think about these yeah. things.
1: Look, this is the only show where we're going to talk about what coaches could wear on their head. True. Brian, Brian Kelly should could only wear a cap. But he doesn't. He doesn't wear anything. Yeah, he don't wear anything. Yeah. Yeah, no. Sometimes it's just not your look. Yeah. You know. But there are certain people who can get away with things.
0: But what about an option we haven't discussed and it hasn't been worn by anyone that I can think of, but bum Phillips, the cowboy hat. Who's pulling that off? Besides, I guess prime's done it.
1: I don't know. He's doing it during the game though. Oh, true. True. You gotta do it during the game. Lincoln Riley rocks the visor, but he's also a Bob Stoops apostle. Mm -hmm. So hmm, Jimbo could, but he don't have a job. No (laughs) Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo wears Jimbo, wears the cap. Yeah. And it's, I don't think he could do that because he's, he's a, little, a little comb over there. So he's, he would have the Dana. He wears the cap. His, his look is exasperated um, <laughs> junior high coach. <laughs> like, that is his whole vibe. Like, if you, I think that's part of the reason that some people like Jimbo Fisher because he reminds you of your youth when, like, you know, Devin, Devin, come over here. <laughs> Devin, Devin, how many times am I gotta tell you, like, when the weak side guy goes this way, you follow him. God, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's his look the whole time. He, will, he would yell. and the, I think the only reason that Jameis Winston was as su- successful with Jimbo as he was is Jameis was the only guy who, when Jimbo would yell at him, Jameis would be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're doing. And Jimbo would be like, right. I guess you're All right. right. <laughs> Go ahead. So, yeah. When we come back. We've talked a lot about Texas a in the last couple of days because of what's going on. Who is, if they're the most underachieving program in the country, who is the second most underachieving? We might have mentioned some of them earlier. I think we might have, yeah. And I'll tell you this. If you've won a national championship since, how long do you want to go back here, Garrett? Integration? Nah, I mean, maybe that might be too far. But, like... Because Nebraska, Miami, like Mm -hmm. Michigan all haven't won in a long time. Through the 90s. Yeah, 1990s. Since 1990. Since 1990, who are the most underachieving programs in the country?
2: We'll talk about that next. This is 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber, we deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast, just got faster.
3: This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com.
1: Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back to the Triple Option alongside Jacob Wilson. I'm Paul Catalina. Okay, Texas A&M spends the most, but gets the most medium... Like I said before, anybody, would you like to be coach at Texas A&M tomorrow, Jacob? I mean, no, not f- really. You have four years to make a ton of money and go eight, and you'll go eight and four. Um, I mean, do you want me to be honest, or do you want? Yeah, I
0: want you to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a sweet gig.
1: Yeah, Garrett. If I said you're the head coach at A and I know they're not going to fire you for four years because you're going to have a PR team that's going to sell Garrett Ross as the coach. You have four years to make $10 million a year before you go, you're going to go eight and four every single time and maybe seven and five in your last year. I take it. Yeah. Again, default setting. See, not every program's default setting is eight and four. Baylor's default setting sure as heck is an eight and four, right?
0: <laughs> B- no, Baylor doesn't team. really have a default setting because they are capable oh, I, of being I, all over I, the oh, map. I,
1: I th- I think you I think you know what it is, Jacob. <laughs> it's not it's not
0: because their default setting isn't six and six, because like I, that's what I'm saying. They they had a 16 year run of pure pain. Yeah. I, I lived through it, and I can understand why you say that. But if we're starting in 1990, they've had ups and downs. I'm saying that they don't have a default setting, because they are capable of being very very good and one and eleven. Or 0 yeah. and 12. Yeah, so you know, they're th- yeah. You,
1: you, again, they're maybe their meter's just broken. They don't have one. You're right. So, um,
0: but they're they're not they're not belonging in this conversation really. No,
1: no, no, right now. But underachieving programs, So if a M is number one, would Penn State maybe be number two? I think you could make an argument. That no, 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 no. Notre name. Dame. We uh, no Notre, Notre Dame. Name. Yeah. And then Penn State. Yeah. Notre Dame and Penn State. Because Notre Dame, again, like, what, like, the degree of care, and I know that they say academic restrictions and all that, and that's why Brian Kelly left. I think that that's, for a program like Notre Dame, I think that that's bogus. Because, because you are a religious institution of a, like, the main, like, the most popular. You cornered the Catholic population. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there are, and there's, there's what, like, there's like five Baptist schools, and like they get like there's two big ones. It's Baylor and Wake, and they're not that big, but um, as far as like Notre Dame goes, compared to all the other Catholic schools, they are so above and beyond as far as popular. Jacob, you and I both grew up going to Catholic, mm-hmm. you know, middle school, like elementary, middle school, and high school, and Notre
0: Dame is ever it's ever present, right? And yeah, no other reason that people in Texas should be fans of Notre Dame, a school in Indiana, but because of its Catholic prowess, they have fans all over the world. They transcend their location.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if, if academics is your problem and then of, okay, if you're not going to go to public school and you're going to go to private school, what religion has the most schools? The Catholics do. So, again, you still have a recruiting ground of, like, man, we really need a smart, elite offensive lineman. Oh, where can we go? Every Catholic high school that has good football teams everywhere, in any of the 50 states, you can go get one. Yep. So I don't buy that because you can be – their default setting is, is probably 9-3 and three at Notre Dame. Like, you know, when they have a good coach, their default setting is 9-3, and three, which is why, you know – Look, what Brian Kelly did was impressive because they had some coaches that were coming in regularly below the default setting. He came in and and put them back where they they were. He just could not get over the hump, and they got tired of each other. Which is what's going to happen. That's exactly what's (laughs) going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. They'll appreciate what they'll appreciate is the efficiency in which he runs the program. Like he knows how to run the program. This needs to be here. He's going to set up infrastructure that Coach O just did not have. But the Coach O got the championship. But Coach O got the championship. <laughs> but, but, but I do think that he's like, eventually they'll be like, well, you know, and that's probably going to be when he retires because he's not young. Yes. You know, he's he's quite middle aged. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but he he left one of the most underachieving, and he's the all time winningest coach there, to go to one that's not underachieving, in LSU. So. I would say A&M, Notre Dame, Penn State. Can you, who is the top five in this one? I, I, a wild card. I don't know if they'd necessarily be in the top five, but I think you could make a legitimate argument for South Carolina because you're in a great location. You've had, like, Spurrier there. Like, you've had coaches. You've won a natty way, way back. Or was it, like, in the 80s, 83 or something like that? Or was it just SEC championship? I mean, I know they Not had Heisman a Heisman Trophy. Yeah, but I don't know about anything. Heisman a natty. Trophy. Yeah, they're natty. Um, you know, <sighs> yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think since ninety, Tennessee. Tennessee won in ninety eight.
0: Yeah, I mean, so there, like, there's a lot of teams that are doing well this season yeah. who had really long gaps of underachieving. Yeah. Florida State being one.
1: Florida State's gap was six years.
0: I mean. That, Actually, five. They won 10 last year. Five years. There was, nev- a there was never a, a six-year stretch like that under Bobby Bowden, though. Yes, there was. Maybe my memory. In, it, starting in the 90s? No. It
1: was uh, from the time Chris Ricks uh, crawled up out of the friggin' ooze and became <laughs> the quarterback until Bobby retired. Yeah, they were, I mean, they were pretty, I mean, until Jimbo took over, they were pretty mid. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like, yeah, five years. So, but, yeah. So I'm going to say from 2000 and we'll just call it 2002 to 2007 or 8 they were and then they kind of like would would Oregon qualify?
0: You know what? I'm going to throw Oregon on the list because they're always yeah. there. They're always there, but yeah. they can never do it. Yeah, they yeah. they they won the costume contest of college football and became relevant yeah. and then they established a new baseline, but they haven't you're right. They, they've only played in one national championship yeah. game. Haven't won it. They they haven't broken through.
1: Like I legitimately don't remember Oregon being relevant until Joey Harrington. Like that's the first time I ever. Yeah. Like Oregon was on my map, my radar. Yeah. They they're they're they've always been close, and like they played and lost uh, to Urban Meyer. Yeah. In the in the first um, CFP championship game, uh, but they're always right there. You know, they haven't they haven't ever broken through. Um, you know. I would say UCLA, but, like, you'd be surprised at how poorly they yeah, spread Washington around there. Yeah, I put over that. But Washington yeah. won in 92. Yeah. So, Washington, yeah. So, or 93, whatever it was. 92. 92, because FSU won in 93. But, yeah, Washington's has won. Um, so, under Don James, they won. Uh, Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State. That is – I don't understand that program. I mean – Mike Gundy has been – because, again, he is a fantastic coach. He's really good. But he's yet to hit his great button yet. Yeah. I don't know if he ever will. I don't think he will, honestly. I mean, I don't know. And, like, there, there's no reason for it. Because they've, got, they've had teams that he's put together, talent that he's put together that should have absolutely won the conference and could have probably beaten – kind of pro- like, he, had a, he has had a couple teams that, had they not lost – Stupid games when they did probably could have beaten the team that wound up playing in those games that did because they were really good. What even last week? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, but because they have those, like that's what that's what gets him is not like okay, you're gonna lose to Oklahoma. All right, fine. What gets Mike Gundy is not that he's that you know he has a really bad record against Oklahoma because every Oklahoma State coach did. It's – I mean, because he has a, a pretty good record against Texas, right? He has a good record against pretty much everybody else in the league. But it's like you just pick a game where uh, the, one of the good Oklahoma State teams has no business losing and they lose that game and that's what's – because it's not like
0: – it's certainly not Oklahoma that's keeping him from being great because there's been enough gap where he could have – Yeah, Gundy has beaten them enough times to be like, hey, hey, recruit, we beat the big yeah. Oklahoma.
1: yeah. But it is, it is the time that you lose to, a, like, a 4-5 f- and five Kansas State team when they've had a down mm-hmm. year. Or, you know, you miss a field goal. Or Iowa, Iowa State. State. Yeah. You know, you miss a field goal against Iowa State, you know, and, and you're not in the college football play, you know, like, yeah. or in the national championship. Like, those are the things that happen. So, yeah, I would put – yeah, I think we got a good solid five there of, of underachievers.
0: What, 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 yeah. are the, what are the five? Oklahoma State.
1: Oklahoma State. Oregon. In- Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Penn State, State and, A&M. and AM. Yeah, Notre Dame's number two. Yeah, Notre Dame's number two, and Notre Dame won in 1987 or 88. Lou like Holtz,
0: I think it was 88, yeah. or maybe the 87 season.
1: Yeah, so they won under Lou Holtz, and they haven't won since then. But yeah, it, like to me, if you're a routinely nine and three or ten and two program, you are like one or two, like one big decision and one like sneaky decision away from being in that level. Mm-hmm. Like the the um, Georgia's the blueprint, yeah. Georgia again, Georgia was that, like, you know, they couldn't fire Mark Rick, they couldn't fire Mark Rick, they couldn't fire Mark Rick because they were smart enough to know that, like,
0: you know, like, what are we gonna like? I mean, AM might be breaking, like, they need to be li- like listening to this because while everyone was fed up with Jimbo, like, who's the next guy we- who, are, who are you watching?
1: Like, and again, I think. I think that guy lives in San Antonio, Texas right now. It should be. It should be. Like, the more I think of it, like, you know, because if it's not going to be Dan, like, if you wanted, if you were just playing, like, the fantasy draft of, like, who's the guy who can come in, win with this roster tomorrow, and you don't even have to think about it, to me it's Dan Lanning. But you can't really do that because Dan Lanning is in a situation that it's going to be very difficult to pry him out of. And your timing is not good because of – the rules that exist. Now, if you if the transfer portal didn't exist mm. and you could wait on Dan Lanning, much like uh, okay, Georgia did Georgia did on Mark Richt when they hired him in the first place from FSU, like they could wait, like it's fine, like he can do whatever. Yeah, but you can't wait anymore. You have to make this hire in like 6 days to really hit the ground running. So, because of that, you know, Dan Lanning and Mike Norvell and guys like that are kind of off the table, even though you might take a shot at them. Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to have the time to listen to you right now or the inclination because everything you're saying you want them to do, they're already doing it, and why, like, why Why upset the apple cart. So mm-hmm. that's why, like, Jeff Trailer is the perfect hire for Texas A&M. He is the perfect hire, but they're going to have to sell that to their people and be like, I know he's just the coach at UTSA, but trust us, this dude knows everyone. He's good at all the things we need him to be good at, and he's doing this at UTSA. He can certainly do it.
0: Yeah, don't don't hire just because you want to flex your you know money muscle and steal a coach at another school. I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, don't do that. Like,
1: actually think about it. You know, yeah, actually set, think set about your it.
0: ego down and hire the right guy. Yeah,
1: absolutely, because. Look, I know there's Dabo Sweeney rumors right now, and he's not done a great job of, mm-hmm. of shooting them down because he—that's what he does all the time, especially when you know something comes up. But you might be doing with Dabo what you did with Jimbo: was this guy's one—it's not working in the ACC anymore. Let him come over here. But I would, I would, I would think new, not retread. Yeah, I would, think new, A no. and M, think new, as Barney Stinson once said. New is always better. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to do it for
2: us. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown.